sound great tonight. I'm sexy. <laughs> You're bringing that Phoebe, <laughs> that Phoebe thing whenever she got sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had the sexy voice. Yep. God, how did that stupid cat song go? Smelly cat. Smelly cat. What are they feeding you, smelly cat? I don't know. No, I think that's right. Is it? Yeah. What are they feeding you? Yep. So it finally happened today. What finally happened today? No, not today. I'm lying. This week it finally happened. What finally happened? I shaved. And when I looked down at my clippings, Mm -hmm. there it was right in front of me. Not my future. But the fact that I had just as much gray as I had colored. So I'm on the downhill slope from this point forward. Next year, I'll be Santa Claus. You really have a hair obsession, dude. I'm just telling you about my life, and you're making it a mental illness. Project much or much too much? (laughs) Much too much. I think you're projecting. Uh, I don't have hair issues. I have hair. Why don't you just rub it in, you little biatch? You say that like it's a bad thing. Are you trying to look at the hair on your face right now? No, I'm I'm trying to figure out if I need to trim my nose hair. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did very well last week because there were did fantastic. Sec- there were sections where I was so freaking quiet. I was like, you can't even hear me breathing heavy in that section. Well, I try to edit our breathing out. It's not like good if there's heavy breathing in the back. I think it depends on which fan you're asking. You know, we are equal opportunity, heavy breathing, heavy <laughs> breathers. Hey, I did want to tell you congratulations on surviving last week. I know last week was really tough for you, but congratulations. Good job. Surviving last week. Yeah, you were, you were having problems last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was having kids stuff. I guess she was starting to get sick, but we had like major meltdowns. But to be honest, to be honest, you have something every week. And that's 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 kind of exciting. It's It's kind of it's no, it's fucking annoying. It's bad for me. I'm going to die young. Yeah. But no one would listen if you said I had a wonderful week. But I want to have a wonderful week. I want to say, I had a great week. Everything was fine. The world's not on fire. It's fun. Everything's fine. But instead, the world's on fire. And we're sick. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry about that. We seem to be filling out the schedule pretty well. So No, you seem to be. I I feel like for the five interviews that I booked, you booked like 15. So you you win. Mm -hmm. Not really. I think we're neck and neck. I mean, and if you count the year that you have ahead of Yeah, a year and some months, yeah. But when I started, it was only one interview a month. And, and then you needed to drink more so you justified more podcasts so you could drink. Yeah, because I really have no social life. I will not lie. That's kind of it. I tried to go bowling. They were closed. I was sad. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> not gonna see anything what's wrong what's wrong with bowling shut up not gonna make any any funny jokes related to balls at all oh i do um, i do (laughs) i embarrassed my 15 year old like how hard is that you just existing is an embarrassment 
Well, no, because it was like right after we all came off quarantine and I went into the bowling alley and like legitimately I was like, should we buy our own balls or are yours relatively sanitized? And he looked at me and I looked at him and we made like a soul connection because I went, how do you clean your balls? And he pulled a bowling ball out and we had the greatest conversation of Did he hold it? Did he yes. hold it between his legs? Though? He did everything. He was like, oh, and we shine true. it like this. And I looked over and my daughter was so pale. You could, I mean, she's pale anyway. You could see like the blue blood veins through her face. So did you get his number? He sounds no. like a winner. No, no. You could have free bowling and be around I, all the balls you want. Yeah, I'm kind of over balls. <laughs> <laughs> we should let your <laughs> that's, that's probably some of your issue. <laughs> You're literally <laughs> there. He is. Hey, what's up? Hello, <laughs> dude. What are you doing, man? Sorry about that. Apparently, I can't tell the, the different time uh, areas. That's okay. okay. Neither can I. It's fine. Yeah, I've I been was, doing uh, this for over a year. Totally thinking we were at eight o'clock. I apologize. Yeah. Did you get the kids down? No, but my wife's here, so she'll take care of that. Oh, sure, she is. Oh, wait, I'm looking sexy with my little picture here. Hang on a second. I know. I know. There we go. There you go. He's like, like, that's real life. (laughs) This is real life. This (laughs) This is what it looks like. like. Man, either your hat is crooked or your head is. Both probably. Here, let me do this for you. There it is. It's going to have to be a little crooked because that's the style. So, Adam, tell me what's going on today. How's the wife and kids? Well, today is, uh, today's been a long, we had a, you know, I'm a musician, so I have nine other jobs, and I was right. driving a shuttle service today for the airport, and uh, so I was back and forth between houses and airport all this morning and all today, and uh, then I had the kids in the afternoon, got them some dinner, and got them home, and then the wife got home from work, and she's got them now, and I'm on doing my rock star thing. So let's go ahead and start off, like, really strong. So who are you, and what do you want? Well, my name is Adam Marino. Uh, com is the website. You can get everything from there. What I want is, uh, at this point, is just to be heard again. Um, I always had some success back in the day. And if you'd asked me back in my 20s when I got signed what I wanted, I would have told you world domination. At this point, I'd just be happy with getting the music out there and having as many people listen to it as I can and be relevant on some kind of level. Dude, that wasn't funny at all. What the hell? <laughs> You asked, so, he answered. You didn't so, add and tell me. You, you didn't tell me anything comedic about it. <laughs> so, so I have to tell you, when I first met him, we were, we played uh, Rick Toberfest, and he was the second guy. And he got up there, and he just, I was like, I like this guy. He's kind of that full-figured kind of musician like myself, total babe magnet. Let's see what this guy can do. So he got up there, and he started singing, and I was like there with him. I was like, Woo! I even took off my thong, threw it at him. Of course, it covered his face and he couldn't sing anymore. But, you know, that's just what happens anyway. Uh, so kind of met him at Rick Toberfest and he got up there and he just killed. Adam, you just killed, man. I, I thought you were that, dude. I mean, I'm, go ahead. I'm going to let you keep talking good about it. I was going to say, <laughs> I thought you were going to go by just Adam Marino, but you've changed it back to the because you are presumptuous. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't, you gotta, if you're gonna search me, you gotta be able to find me. You know, there's only one me, but there are a couple other Adam Marinos that do entertainment type stuff. It's like a Broadway guy and like some guy dude does like folk music. I don't know. How long have you been writing and performing? Oh, man. 
25 years. I mean, I played my first bar when I was 14. I'm 42 now, so whatever the math is on that. But I have uh, was writing since that first little garage band and back in Charleston, South Carolina. And we literally play in the, guitar, you know, play in the garage and then try to book shows during the day. Actually, this is how old I am. I actually had a beeper uh, that I would wear uh... at school. The club owners could like beat me and I would go to the payphone at school and call them to try to book shows. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I thought you were from Minneapolis though. No, no, no. I work with a band out of Minneapolis, but I've never lived there. Was that the back. I just, So my father moved us. He worked for Nationwide Insurance. He moved us all over the country when I was growing up. So I've, I went to like six different schools, two different high schools. And so depending on what age I was is where the story is going to come from there. In my later life, I lived, I went to Penn State and I started the band that would eventually make it. Uh, we moved to Baltimore uh, to get management and got signed out of Baltimore and then, you know, went to California from there. So would you say Nationwide was not on your side? Uh, no. <laughs> yes, the first tour was sponsored by Nationwide. <laughs> Nationwide <laughs> was Adam Marino and, uh, and Affiliates was the first original concept name. What got you started in music? Uh, MTV had a big thing to do with it. I had MTV when I was little. We were one of the first kids that had a uh, cable. And nice. so I used to come home after school and turn on MTV and see like Brett Michaels and Poison and, you know, these rock and roll guys. And uh, I was like, man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that looks, that looks cool. Um, both my parents were musicians. My dad was actually, before he was in insurance, was a marching band instructor for the high school mm-hmm. and, you know, decided he wanted to make some money. So he changed professions. Uh, my mom was in, in college, was in a girl, all girl chick rock band called the great society. She played guitar and sang backup. So they, that's probably where that side comes from. So musical family, but um, yeah, just didn't want to get a real job and saw what those guys were doing on TV and just fell in love with it. Even, you know, I was just like, man, I'll, I'll even grow my hair. I never was a big long hair guy, but I was like, you don't grow my hair out. <laughs> you know, I can make it. So I was nine. I was dancing on the bed with a fake guitar, jumping up and down. And then, like I said, I played my first bar when I was 14, which was lucky and never looked back very cool so who was your favorite band i guess poison um yeah they were one they were one of them as funny as it is my favorite artist i always obviously is poison uh green day yes uh, I love. sorry it's my favorite um, garth brooks believe it or not yeah i got to see him when i was young being in south carolina and he put on this crazy awesome show that was just like there wasn't a person in the house that he didn't like touch at one point or another or like see or feel it and I was like, well, that's the kind of like live show I want to do. So I got a lot of live stuff from him. So that's why I, those are my top three, I think. What instruments do you play, man? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> um, I can play a little bit of everything, but well, bass, drums, guitar. I play guitar and sing, you know, keyboard. Um, I, I dabble in trumpet. What is that old John Lennon quote? He's like, give me a tuba, I'll get you something out of it or whatever. How, whatever, how are you? He said a lot more eloquently, but basically I can do a little bit of anything on any instrument. No, I think that's the best I ever heard it, man. <laughs> primary instrument is vocals and your secondary is guitar or would you say your primary is guitar that's that's i've never had anybody ask me i don't know i've always done both at the same time um i would be a fucking be show singer. off man i'd rather be the singer you know than the, than, the, than the guitar player if you had to choose between putting one down like putting it down and being just a lead singer or just stepping back and playing guitar i would sing who would you say you are most influenced by Cause you listed like three very different bands, <laughs> right? Like I don't want to pigeonhole you in like a, a specific genre, but well, that's what's hard. I wish somebody would. Uh, my whole career has been that. Like, let's find out what this kid actually what he does. Because I do a little bit of it all. Mostly, I would say Green Day. Though, if I had to pick one of them, that would be overall the look, show, style that I was doing at the time, and like what I put out when I write stuff. That's kind of what it comes out as is pop punk. 
still to this day? Um, to this day, no. It's more. I mean, Green Day's still the biggest influence. Just got liked them the longest. But I mean, now the stuff that's coming out is more definitely acoustic-y because I only it's only me. You know, I'm not worried about writing mm-hmm. for a band. I'm just writing for me. So it's more. It's still got the pop edge. I'm, I'm tragically pop when when I write stuff. It just comes <laughs> out that way. Like three minutes in a, in a chorus that you remember. But it just got more of an acoustic edge to it. But not like pop you hear now. It's still, it used to be like a Days of the New kind of thing. It's still got that guitar <laughs> rocky like feel to it. But it's, uh, you know, it's pop. I'm not putting out any like Ed Sheeran or anything like that. So you used to be pretty much rock and kind of in the dark, darker modes of rock as far as what you choose to sing about and how it was presented to the audience. So would you say that your direction from this point forward is going to be in that darker direction or are you going to be more entertaining or no, the stuff that comes out now is more like more apathetic or like I should say, uh, bitter. <laughs> like there's going to be a, there's more of a humorous edge to it. It's not cause I'm not living that, you know, those, that dark life. I've already gotten over the fact that I've kind of been run over by the rock and roll train. So at this point, I just want to have fun and, you know, and that's the stuff that comes out to more lighthearted feeling and sounding. And the show is definitely, you know, you saw the show. It's just me having fun with the people that are in front of me at that time. I said, I felt the instant connection because I'm a failure. And when I see that in other people, that's it. I just, I gravitate towards it. I'm like, Oh, he, he has been put up wet. And stepped on too many times, but I enjoyed it, and the crowd loved you too. Even the kids. That I wish I'd been recording, man. That we did a, we did a. This kind of stuff I like to do live. We this kid came up and he was he wasn't feeling it. He was on the side of the side of the stage, and I'm always trying to include the entire audience, you know, for the time that I'm on stage. And I was like, "What's up, kid?" And he was like, "What do you want to hear?" And he didn't have any good suggestions, so we made up a, a Fortnite song like on the spot. Nice. Um, I was just like, "Throw me some chords." And he's like, "I don't know any chords." I'm like, "Give me a letter." You know, <laughs> a through G, and he, see, and he G, said L. He said yeah. L. Yeah, we had to direct him a little bit, but and then we ended up writing this Fortnite song like live on stage, which was hilarious. And I couldn't remember it now to save my life, but it, it was hilarious at the time, and that you know pulls everybody in, at least gets them to pay attention to what you're doing. But that's the kind of thing I want to do now. I want to. I would even go. I've written some children's songs to get my kids to go to bed, so it's all you know. I would even put those out at some point here. I just it's going to be more acoustic fun stuff uh that everybody can get it back you know i'm not trying to be serious anymore i didn't even wear my eyeliner today you know like <laughs> i feel like i missed out on Rectoberfest. i should have should have taken a plane it was cool it was cool it was a, it was a, a neat experience thrown by a, a cool a cool guy he's a, yeah he's super cool yeah that's my first time meeting him yeah he's, I like got Rick. Good, he's got a finger on the pulse there the, of his little community and it was fun to watch everybody come i together. like rick too i'm sad i didn't get to see the uncle brent show i've since looked it up and i'm sad that i had to leave Dude, you you fucking killed me, man. I didn't even look <laughs> like I knew what I was doing. I looked lost. Where am I? Oh, what's this thing I have strapped on my shoulder? No, no. Oh, it's a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> no, you killed me. You wiped the floor with me. No, no. So well, modest, so modest. So you play a lot of instruments. Um, your direction that you're going for right now is a more of a ironic. Would you say it's a tenacious d slash bowling for soup kind of thing yes uh, yes that's a great way to look at it even like more stand-up the live shows even got stand-up comedy elements in it i'm a big fan of any of the stand-up comedy like a bo burnham you know the people that like hit like right in your face just like here's what i am this is who you're what you're going to listen to for the next hour if you don't like it you know i'm sorry (laughs) because this is where we're going and the music side of it yeah absolutely those are two of my favorites uh tenacious d and bowling for soup where have you been because you had the record deal you were Mm -hmm 
on the East Coast or East Coast-ish, and then you got whisked away to the West Coast. You did your band, then you did a duo kind of thing, right? You did some kind of a duo kind of thing, and then you just like disappeared off the face of the planet. Did Doctor Strange get you? Yeah, so I mean, this is what happened straight up. Um, It was the first time I've ever said this on any kind of public thing. So for all you Twitter berries that are listening, uh, this is where where, what went down. Um, The band did its thing. Uh, We got the record deal. It was big. It was everything you want it to be. Uh, We were on the bus torn around. Happy. Uh, had problems with negotiating the terms for the second album that was supposed to come out. And ultimately, the deal went bad for lack of being able to say anything better about it. Um, but I still had to finish out my contract, which included a tour. So I put together a band that was the band of name, but with different guys and finished out the tour. That's when I went out to California, where the label ultimately ended up offering me a job as a producer and tour manager. Uh, so I did that for a little while out in California. And after that first deal went bad, um, Really just got a bad taste in my mouth for how it worked. And then once I saw behind the curtain, it was like, oh, this, I'm kind of over this whole thing. Like, yes, pay sir. no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. <laughs> it's ugly. So so basically, you are a legitimate rock star. You're playing, you're touring, you have your band. And then they go, hey, why don't we have you follow around these children and clean up after them is basically yeah, that- what they did. Oh uh, yeah, that's exactly what that's happened. Such um, and, then, and then it became my job because I pulled it off. They were like, "That's when they offered me the job to do that." I was a producer that brought in kids, you know, Disney kids or kids they find on YouTube, and helped them in the studio to get their one or two tracks out and send them on the road. You know, that was my job. Did you want to do that? Uh, at the time, and money was good, you know, <laughs> so I was like, "I'll give this a shot." I had started to really like being in the studio, so I did enjoy that part of it. But the whole like, "Hey, wait!" I was still playing. I was still doing this and being successful, I really bothered. That's what kind of really bothered me. And so I did that, but I did it for a while just for the job and because I was out in California and you know, didn't really have much else going on. Um, but it did make me extremely bitter. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so nice now to deal with. It. That's why you get the anecdotes you do on stage. Because I was like, after it was over, um, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm totally done with music. I'm out. How long did you stay out of music? How many years? <sighs> so, I mean, it's been, man, eight years at least. I mean, wow. it's been a minute. I, I was in... Out in California, that first job was only two years long, and I was out there for eight years, and I've been here for six. I'm trying to do the math. Carry the one. Anywhere between eight and ten years, I was out. When was your last release? Yeah, so that's, that's what I was actually trying to track it back to. I think I released something in, like, 2011, just a single that I had been, that I was, like, left over that I was done. That was last, like, official, hey, this is me, uh, just as a solo person. Um, was that the mid Midsummer's the Nightmare? Nightmare? Yeah. That's a cool song. Um, it's kind of a dark pop thing. And you said that was the last thing you released. So there's definitely based off of all your all of your songs I heard, yeah. there's a change in writing style in Yeah, that so one. I always loved the idea and this the original concept of the band. I love the idea of it being really poppy and really, you know, Disney sounded Blink 182 sounding but when you read the words, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's like yeah. really dark. Like the, the first album we put out, if you just listen to it, you would just be like, oh, that's, you know, pop punk, whatever. But then when you read the words, I mean, it's not pretty. It's it's breakup songs and death songs and addiction songs. And I used to have people come up, like we have this song called Forever Yours, and it's about alcohol addiction. And I used to have people come up to me and be like, can you play that at our wedding? It's so, you know, it's so pretty. Like, and like, and we'll just laugh because that's, I love that juxtaposition of, if you're not really paying attention, you're just thinking it's like this happy-go-lucky song, and they're not. When I became a solo artist, and at the end of that first band, 
I shifted the music into being more matchy of the words, so it got it got heavy for sure. Your kind of style, as far as not necessarily the music, but the lyrics, remind me of Doug Hopkins, and he pretty much wrote the entire first Jim Blossoms album. Gotcha. So it was like real poppy, but it was real dark and talked about suicide and right. and uh, drug addiction and uh, alcoholism and things like that. So it's in Midnight's Summer's Nightmare, my favorite line in that was you drive me or you drive me almost. Anyway, you're talking about in the punchline of it is, but I'll see you the third week of July. So what was yeah. that line? So it, the line is you drive me almost crazy. It's like, it's like you're, you know, you drive me crazy is a little too easy, but it's like you're literally almost driving me insane. So you drive me almost crazy. Um, and then I'll see you the third week of July. That song was originally about uh, the girl that I was seeing and we were going to get married. And it was like, no matter how, and that's how dumb it was. It's like, no matter how stupid this is, how much we hate each other, and no matter what we're doing, it's like, okay, we'll fight, we'll fight. Well, I'll see you in the third week of July when we're getting married. <laughs> you know? That's a good story, man. That this, and what's cool about this song, and I don't think anybody knows this either, is the original release that we did of that was really poppy sounding. And it was the story of me and that girl at that time. And then I went back and I've always liked that song. And when we chose to redo it and I redid the music and everything, I actually changed the lyrics to readdress how it ended up going with that person.
tell us about Still. That is my favorite song I've ever written. Um, oh, good. That's my favorite one you sent me. Oh, really? That's yeah, I really, thing. really, really like that lyric. Insanity is so much more than just a state of mind. Yeah, thank so you. Good. So the, I wrote that when I was 19 years old. I was in a band. I was living out of Idaho, moved out of my house um, to be in a band. I was not going to go to college. I was going to be famous. And I was living with my bass player who was 24 at the time. And the rest of the band was 25 and 26. So they're a good bit older than me at the time. And it was really, I mean, I was literally sitting in this ratty room and uh, we were playing all these like colleges and stuff and like trying to just play anywhere we could. It was not the life that you, would, you know, I was like, I want to be a rock star, but it's not the life you think it would be. You know, you're eating ramen noodles and like playing for people that don't care. And it's like all these rat hole places. I was kind of, I was obviously kind of depressed <laughs> and down. I'm like, is this kind of, and I was literally, I just had all these words flying in my head one night. So I just sat up and just like wrote them all down just to get them out of my head. And that's what came out. And to this day, that's probably my favorite song that I've ever written. Just because it's so, you can, it's really just honest, like emotionally honest. You can still feel it even now. It's been 30 years or whatever later. And you, when you listen to it, it's like, oh, okay. Something was going on with him that day. So let me ask you, I got kind of two questions to ask you. The first one is, did you do the backing vocals on that too? Or was that yes. someone else? No, that was me. So you did all the vocals, uh, lead and backing, right? Um, on most everything except the very first uh, band album, there's other people on vocals. Yeah, uh, no, occasionally just... there's other people on backing on backing vocals. Um, but yeah, the first at least layer is always me. Yeah, you did a good job. The other thing I was like, this is like a f- almost five minute song. Yeah, so I was like, where the hell is my guitar solo? It's there. What? <laughs> there's one in there. It's nice. It's there. a little one, but it's in there. It's, yeah, is it's it a picking one? Is it the picking one? Because I just, I, I really could hear like a kind of an epic guitar because it's a, it's kind of a big song. And so I was expecting like a big guitar. So, well, so it's of- funny you say that too, because I mean, it's a power ballad. That's what it was written as when I, back when I wrote it. And, but we've recorded it like I've recorded it four or five different times. That's one of the only songs I've recorded a bunch. And I think you have the latest version of it. And so it was more, we tamed it because in the guitars were not playing on the radio at the time, you know, so we tamed it down, but originally it had a big screaming guitar solo in it. So it's, it's funny though, because I've, as much as we've recorded it, I've never gotten one that I've been a hundred percent happy with just knowing the song. Cause we'd play a live, you play a live. It's like, that's what it's supposed to sound like. But like, it never haven't been able to like capture that moment with that song. That, that's the funny thing about, uh, going into the studio because you're in such a sterile environment to capture what goes on in the stage or the the sound and the feeling and the interaction between you and the audience that's really hard to capture in the studio your some of your other stuff kind of does that how did you get over that bridge to where you were able to connect the gap between the sterile studio and then your audience I call that bottle in the magic. Like you can tell when you're, especially when you're singing, like you do a take and you come out and you listen to like a rough cut of what you just did. And it's like, Oh, okay. We, we got, we caught it. <laughs> we caught that. We caught the magic in a bottle or the lightning in a bottle on that take. So we got to keep that and kind of build around that. For me, it's always been literally trying to get lost in the studio, like set the lighting. All the guys are on the same page. Like you're just in the moment and just trying to nail that, what it feels like and be inside the song as opposed to just singing what's on the paper in front of you. You know, just try to get to that live state where you're just on autopilot. You know, as a performer, like you can be doing whatever and you're looking around and you're looking at this guy going to the bathroom and you're thinking, oh, did I leave the stove on or did I do, you know, <laughs> and you're just in autopilot mode and you just go and you try to get to that space in the studio and not think, oh, I got a hundred mics pointed at me, you know, and we're trying to catch something and just do it and don't talk about it. Just do it. Put up a shut up. 
tonight A cascade of thoughts floats through my mind It's not quite Life is too short Death is just too long Sometimes I suppose it was coincidence You always sounded so well rehearsed I guess love conquers all That rejection don't get too first Of mine, I see you dancing alone. Look up to me, but I can't take alone. In your eyes, the eyes hold me still. But you don't know me, and you never will. Tonight, I see you dancing. Girlwetting across the bay My resolution, a solution A drug to deal with the rain I suppose it was coincidence That I always sounded so Shines on all The innuendo Don't get too first Cause insanity is so much more Than just a state of mind I see you dancing alone You look up to me But I can't take you alone 
what are the most vocal tracks you stacked on top of each other for just the regular lead vocals? What is the most? Just the regular? Yeah, See, I'm, just the regular. I, I tell you, I'm different about this. And you you pinned this on me when I when you saw me live. Not a lot. I'm, I mean, like, maybe four. Maybe. Like, I'm what you hear. Like, that's why I said I go back. And that's my style has been to be able to hit that shit live, like in the studio. Now, of course, there's harmonies parts. You know, as far as stacking them four or five, just on the 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 regular. I mean, at the most. Yeah, you yeah, you're a beast on the mic. You have. I've been blessed with pretty good. uh, I have really good. um, I'm not very eloquent, but (laughs) I'm pretty good pitch. That's one thing I've been really good at in the studio is being able to. You know, you sing it and then they go, "Okay, it's good." Do the exact same thing over top of it, and I can do that pretty well. So they line up pretty well. So that is what your studio process is like. But what is your songwriting process like? Are these things you keep in mind? Or when you write, is it just kind of coming to you? No, it literally, literally, most of the time, it's a it's a lightning flash. I mean, I've gotten out of the shower, you know, I've come running around the corner, like I'll be driving. I'm like, oh, I gotta get the, like, the cell phone's been a blessing. So I can like do the voice memos thing as an idea hits me. And it comes, I don't have any sort of process at all. It'll be a guitar part one time. It'll be a lyric sometimes. It'll be... Uh, you know, both I'll hear a harmony, I'll hear like some kind of arrangement that need, you know, it's always, um, there's nothing normal about the way that I write at all. Now, that being said, um, I can, and as an exercise, do uh, pigeonhole myself, like I'll sit myself down with a guitar, and like mm. flick on the TV and just be like, okay, I'm gonna write about the first thing I see, just to like try that. And I, I'm able to try to do that too. So like, if I've been good in situations where like, somebody's needed a song, or like, they've asked me to do something that I can crank them out kind of like a machine, like a machine without having to think about it too much. I've been very blessed in that category. Would you say that you can write a song on demand? Well, hundred percent. I mean, you you saw me at the show. That's why I like doing that live stuff at the show. We literally constructed a verse chorus bridge chorus of the video game Fortnite with that, with that kid as we sat there. So I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be good, but yeah, I mean, we can crank it out. Okay. You want to cool. do what I got the guitar? Should we, should we make something up? You, you know what? I, I I would be game, but I don't know if she would be. I, I mean, I'm game. I'm not going to part. I, Brent has to take the lead on this one because I feel like butt. No. He, you guys want to go ahead. Adam, just do your uh, – do, do exactly what you did to that kid. But all right, let's, to, have, let's have her right one. Hold on. But do it to Rennell. All right. So all you got to do is give me a couple letters and then uh, – We'll figure out the subject matter, and I'm mean, again not this is going to be good. So yeah, so give me don't pick L know, or a, Z. Yeah, A through G basically. <laughs> uh, A G E. A G E. So that's an A G E. I'm going to change your E to an E minor just for that's that's what I would have done. That's okay. Well, yeah, that's even better. And then are we doing something fast, something slow. Uh. So slow because i'm on meds yeah you don't feel good okay yeah so we can almost get with the still vibe and then what are we singing about you being sick no brent you pick let's let's do i've had too much medication and i'm struggling <laughs> to participate in this podcast i really am sorry i am so sorry so you're like but i'm here just saying <laughs> but no, I'm here. you're yeah. you're awesome. I'm just it. giving you a hard time, but you're you're awesome. Um, you could do that, or or you could do I have a cold. Yeah, and, but but with a cowboy kind of feel. With a cowboy kind of feel. A cowboy no, with see. a cold. Ooh, 
with a cold and with a cowboy feel. Y'all get all kind of. All right, let's try this. Ready? Um, my Zoom screen is off as I sit in my own pain. Don't want to know these guys. I'm gonna shut up again. <laughs> and I'm almost gone. And I'm counting down. But when these fellas just leave me alone and I can go back out to the couch. But I'm here. Here now. Here now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Woo. It doesn't say it was going to be good, but it's always no, there. You did it. I liked how you threw in the couch. <laughs> you know I, I, I was I genuinely thought, like, that's right. That's exactly you, right. You know what I heard? I heard you sing Vapor Rub somewhere in there. That's right. And that's all, you gotta, that's all we got to do. We just line up the endorsements and we'll just put, you know, throw a product here. And, you know, yeah. this podcast is looking for sponsors. So if NyQuil wants to partake. We use it. There you okay. go. There you go. NyQuil, if you're listening, please send your money in care of Uncle Brent. <laughs> and I will share with everyone else, but send it to me first. I guess I'm on the NyQuil when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no cough syrup and money for me. So we've kind of talked about two of your songs. You made up a song on the fly. We're talking about your new musical direction and where you're going with that. Do you have any shows scheduled or anything like that right now? How are you getting, how do you get ready for your shows? What do you, is there like some type of process you go through? Um, no. <laughs> no <laughs> that was I, such an unfamiliar yeah, we'll, uh, answer. No. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, shot of Jack Daniels and, uh, you know, beer. Uh, no, That's we right. always, you know, I like to, I'll go in with an idea of what I'm going to do as far as, like what if depending on what the crowd's going to be like what the set's going to look like you know like how long it is what kind of if i'm gonna how risque you're going to be if it's you know kids there or not um if it's more originals or it's more covers you know um now i'm not playing with a band so it really i'm kind of open and i like to just sort of wing this stuff on the fly so i just get there and kind of figure out what it's going to look like as i as i go shows coming up that's sort of in uh uncle's department we're going to be i don't know what i can say and not say yet but uh say whatever you around town yeah, we're gonna be around town a bunch and pushing for a lot more. I've I've done nothing in the last years, so I'm just looking to come out firing and see what happens. To be totally so, honest, I have a question: but, What made you come back to music after all of that? Like, why? Could you yeah, just I was not leave around, it? You know, you miss it. And yeah. I, I'm gonna give credit to Rick for a lot of that because I was literally just surfing the internet and saw that he was looking for some people to play, and I was like, "That's cool. I'd play that. <laughs> I'll play." And he got back to me and gave me this the shot to play. Got, got there and you know loved it and had a blast was like i should do that some more and um, and then i showed him my tits and then that was it that really that was all it took. yeah i was like i got well, hit I, with that oversized bra and it was, you, it was were, you, you, um, you were the my, one of the first ones brent told me about oh yeah yeah he loves me that's what yeah. <laughs> he fell in uh, him and i hit him, me and brent hit it a off for a show oh i, I think we have the, we share the same uh sort of outlook on the, whole, on the whole industry it's like can't take yourself too seriously at this point have you gotten any <laughs> film or movie syncs or anything like that and if so what have they been for uh yeah i had two songs in a horror movie uh that yes. we, they just bought outright man the thing was it went straight to dvd it was uh i don't remember what it was called now years ago must have been um, really good 
Yeah, it was it was it was awful. But uh, I think, but we just sold them the songs outright, and they put them. They're both in the movie, but again, that's not probably good. But if you're like a B horror fan movie, you'd love this thing. What is that thing called? I can't even remember now. Yeah, can you Google it? And I got an option on what's that? I said, can you Google it? And I'll throw it in there. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I'll find out what what it's called. And then uh, I got an option on ABC for Grey's Anatomy, and they ended up using like. Enough to give me the bottom line piece of what it was, but it was, it's like the guitar part is in one of the, sh- one of the shows or something, but it was, oh, that was all cool. spelled out. There's stuff that's floating, but nothing else that I'm going to be credited for. You know, I would have fucking watched that episode if one of my songs made it. Hell yeah. Even like <laughs> 10 seconds to be like, that was me for 10 seconds. Everybody. Yeah, that, was, that was it. That's pretty much the. Everybody come and listen to this. <laughs> Did you hear that fart like... in the background? That was me. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to go down that road as well. So Any road that's the, money at the end of it at this point is a good road for me. Let's talk about the last song you sent us, Peace of Mind. What's that about? That song is cool. That was when I was dabbling in that. Um, I like the idea of the, the dark days of the newish acoustic type stuff, you know, and that's yeah. obviously what it would sound like if you hit it with the rest of the band and the rock side of things. So it's a real heavy track. The song itself, that riff, uh, I love the way that sounds on the acoustic, like on the acoustic, like I said. So that's kind of how I was trying, the sound I was kind of going for. And then when the guys that were with me um, in the studio were like, let's try to do it. The producer actually was like, let's try to put some oomph behind it, see what it sounds like. Uh, the lyrics for it, I was actually trying to figure out the best way to tell you this. It, it's funny because a portion of those lyrics are from an English essay that I did in like sixth grade. It was that's uh, a little dark. It's for a super dark. Grader. So no, but get this. Like that's what's funny about it. And so that's some little of my words. I was trying to figure out the way to like tell you this. It was like a vocab essay thing where they had like all these essay words on the side, and you had to like fill them in in a sentence and make like a story out of them. So I wrote this story of like this kid that essentially drowns, you know, <laughs> in, the, in the thing. And uh, and it, it. Long story short, I had this like little essay. We need a word for the song. And I'm like, this kind of fits with what I'm with what I'm singing about here. The rest of it is a is about addiction. It's about a. It's actually about heroin addiction. If you if you don't figure it out from the, the steaming references and like things like that. Um, but it's one of those. It sounds like you're talking about a woman, and, and you're absolutely not. It's a, it's a you know a song about dealing with an addiction, which came from my bass player at the time back when I was in that band when I was living by myself. There's no way around it. It's dark. <laughs> so you so you said this one was rock, but I kind of thought it was more of a country rock, especially in the beginning. Oh no, then, it is. I just meant we threw the rock like guitars and bass and stuff over okay. top of it. But yeah, no, it's totally meant to be that kind of that vibe and you had a great i really this one as far as the the transitions with the drums was really cool Thanks. and then the bridge was just badass that totally blew me away in that so song. that was completely made up on the spot in the room the producer was like we need, you got to do something else he goes you gotta do something else here and we were just and i was like okay let's try to modulate that chord up a step and i'll just start singing whatever comes to mind and that whole like staring down the barrel of a gun that literally was just off the cuff in the studio that's fucking crazy yeah because i think that's my favorite part of that song that's uh, what brought that song alive like we came in that was like going to be a, a track we weren't going to really use and then like he's like you got to do something here and i was like okay try to modulate it i'll sing whatever comes to mind and sang basically what you hear there and he stops it and he's like Psh. He's like, all right, straighten that out. He's like, I think we actually got a song now, you know, and it's really what brought it to life. So I noticed that the length of that song is two minutes and 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. What was that planned or were you just like, just trying to get out your sixth grade essay? 
Um, <laughs> no, it was the stuff I was doing had been getting progressively shorter. You know, I was finding it without doing the, t- cause I was over the verse course, first course, guitar solo course. So I was really trying to just only include what was needed for the song itself to make the song good. And I was finding that was shortening the song. So that's literally every piece of that song that's relevant. I mean, I, it had a guitar solo at one point and it actually had even like this like organ breakdown thing at one point that went back to that acoustic feel, but it like, it, it drug it. You know, I like the idea of um, the songs that I was working on at that point. And even now my songs do this. If you remember that some of the acoustic ones, they, they kind of, it's more of a wave effect. It's like you have a, a catchy kind of part that goes and then like a chorus and then like another little part. And then like, it sort of goes into this alternate chorus um that wasn't the same as the first one and it ends and there you never really go revisit the beginning again it's so it's kind of like a crescendo effect so yeah it was intentional because i just hacked out everything that wasn't necessary for the song to be rocking forward Stray from my commitment Cause it exhumes me Body and mind Mother time I give is Well worth that ride I'm staring at her body Down the barrel of a gun I finally found somebody And think that she's the one Inside of dreams I crave the scent of a sweet perfume As the poison starts to steam Nobody's ever loved me At least not like this Craving the taste of beauty again I bite up my fist Staring at her body down the Can we find you on the um, internet? Like you said, it's theadamarino.com is, is my official website that still looks like I'm, you know, 27 years old. But you can get all the links from there. So I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Um, 
I'm on uh, Vimeo and Venmo and all that stuff. Or Venmo, that's the pace. I'm on there too. If you want to just pay me. Um, so yeah, that'll yeah, be me too. YouTube, I'm on Venmo you know. too. Yeah. Just, um, I am too. Just send me money. I'll take cash too. <laughs> yeah. If you Google me, you can still get me. So the band was called Versus the Earth. So if you Google Vs vs period the Earth, you'll you'll inevitably get to me. But nowadays, if you just Google the Adam Marino or Adam Marino, even you'll you'll find me within you know the first couple things. All right, and I have one question that I and I think you, everything that you've been through, you you might have some really interesting advice. What would you tell the young musician who was breaking into the music industry? What advice would you give them? Um, don't don't get don't get bitter with it. Don't treat it as so, don't be so serious with it. It's hard, but don't take yourself too seriously. I mean, it's because you can get your feelings hurt really easy. You can be over it really easy. And I wasted a lot of years being bitter and where I should have just been happy about what I accomplished. So that would be, yeah, just don't take yourself too seriously. I think would be my. And what you know. business advice would you give them? Because that seems yeah. like something you you're dealing with now. Yeah. That's a great question too. Uh, what is your business going to be? What is your model? Like literally down to like who owns the rights to your songs? Like who, who are they copyrighted mm-hmm. under? You know, um, copyright everything under yourself or are you going to put out an LLC? Are you going to be your own corporation? Like, how are you going to pay taxes? Pretend like you, you know, pretend like you do have a million dollars. How are you going to split that up? You know, if you make those decisions earlier and in the, in the process, you know, it's not going to be, you won't deal with the same stuff at the end of the, at the end of the road. And the worst thing that can happen to an artist is to have money all of a sudden. You know, it's like, Oh, now everybody wants some of it. And I don't know where it's going. or I don't know that. So you figure out what you, what you're and it's that's separate from your artist personality your artist thing and but you need to I think that's why all these youtube kids do so well because youtube kind of forces you to, to get all you know line a lot of stuff up in the beginning mm-hmm. and so then when it starts being successful they don't have to worry about that but yeah figure out what your what you are going to be and what that um, looks like as far as like if you're a band is everybody equal are you paying people to be in the band right i mean for me i was it was my show and my guys were just hired guns you know um so it's like you got to figure out what's the best for you and, and then how you're going to manage all that and like i said pretend like you have a bunch of money and you were going to pay taxes on it like how would that look so when you had your band did you actually manage them or did you have a managed manager that managed them so i managed us until we found somebody that we liked and then we were with him and his partner and he died unfortunately because we i loved him he was a good friend of mine and then Sorry. moved away from that first manager and i managed us again and managed us into where we were in negotiations for the record deal and we brought on another manager who ultimately <laughs> didn't do too hot for us. Then that was it. Did you lose control once you got closer to the record deal? Is that what happened? My problem and the reason I was so bitter is I gave away control. I was like, I want to be taken care of. You need to figure this, you know, manage me, get me through this. Let's, you know, let's make me famous. I don't want to worry about this stuff. And I looked the other way when I shouldn't have and gave power to people that shouldn't have had it. Good. How old were you? uh 26 yeah that seems right yeah i you know and i was at that point already i was like we should have been famous already <laughs> you know, right. been famous when i was 19 but i just wanted to be what you what i saw on tv you know i wanted to be like the rock star you know and you see how well i went for all those guys when you don't pay attention to what's going on around you well the nine-year-old doesn't know all the hours and hours that went behind that music video and the hours and hours that were in the studio and where all the money went and who, who who's guiding you and who their team is you don't see that as you're a kid as a kid you just see the f- thousands of people in an audience and you're like i want that 
But then reality hits. And if you don't know what you're doing, you could very easily fuck yourself. Yeah. And that's why I was saying with the the business thing, it's like, pretend that you have a million dollars. That sounds stupid to some kid sitting like in his room, but that's real. You know, like yeah, those you, kind you of figures plan it are out. Real, really easy. And, and you don't think about that. And it's a time, like you said, you know, you, I'm in a, I'm just in a different hotel every night and I got cash in my pocket, you know, that they're throwing me for whatever daily, but I'm not probably paying for anything either. You know, I'm on a bus, I'm in a hotel. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. The thing that's interesting as far as that goes is, you know, your parents in school teach you how to, how to be a, a sheep, you know, the bell rings, you go to your next class, you know, you're supposed to, we're supposed to work from nine to five, eight to eight to six, something like that. We're really trained to be sheep as far as a general, as far as America. Um, and so, so it's not surprising that when you choose to do this, your parents pretty much shit their pants, you know, <laughs> where you're six, nine, 19, your parents shit their pants. I mean, I know that my parents were like, you need a backup plan and then a second backup plan because yeah. we all know how smart you're not. And, <laughs> and then you spend so much time on the backup plan and the second backup plan that it takes time for what you should really be doing. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. I, but you need to be smart about it. I, when you're a kid, play, learn everything you can because once, once you actually get into the business – all the playing and learning is really hard to make time for because you're too busy juggling these balls and plates and chainsaws in the air, you know? So I would say as far as your skill set of being a musician, a singer, a songwriter, know your instrument, learn everything you can so that when you're old enough to actually manage your stuff, you'll be able to manage it and still take care of the artistic part too. It, it, there is, a, there is a, a switch over there where it goes from being fun and you know, you're so hungry that you can't see anything else. You know, you got the blinders yeah. on because you're just like, I want this, I want this, I want. And then once it starts, that success starts coming, everything that you, like you said, everything that mattered before, it, that just fades to the background. And now you're like, okay, now there's this whole another set of issues and problems that I had no idea when in that, that music business side of it. Like, if I'd have known half the stuff that comes along with it, being a rock star, <laughs> I'd been like, hold on, hold that. Everybody, I want to thank you for stopping by Sound Pollution and listening to episode 66. I want to thank Adam again for being on the show today. Please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to Sound Pollution on whatever listening platform you are using as well as social media. Don't forget to make some noise.